What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Except for, but the thing about Muriel, but they don't make them different. This is like, this is post, you know, 9-11. Pre-9-11 Crohn's were like Muriel Finster, you know? Yeah. Where she was, she was strict, but she had a, a real soft spot. For the game, she did. for TJ Detweiler, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, man. We need more. We need more crones, dude. It's true. Welcome to the Crunch, the only podcast that still doesn't know the effects of long COVID. It's your boy Ethan, and I'm Patrick. Ethan, I got, I got COVID on the brain. Oh yeah, yeah. I, Usually it happens in your lungs. Well, some a lot of people in 2020 got COVID in their brain. If you know what I'm saying. Oh yeah. Um, but we got, I, we got on the, the mind. We got the little. Uh, we got the sickness from the boy, and so mm. the boy was sick, and then the wife was sick, and now the husband's sick. I'm on the upswing. I'm coming out of it, so I feel much better today, like this evening, than I did this morning. It's not However, fair that last two weeks ago I was like struggling. Yeah. Couldn't even talk, and that, yeah. and you're fine. I'm I'm remarkably healthy in terms of, and I've always been this way of being able to bounce back from sickness. You know, stallion. Yeah, well, some have said, but I won't. (laughs) You know, I would never say that myself. But typically, if I can like get a nap in, and I can get just like some soup, uh, and then in one or two days, I'm I'm back at it. I'm I'm back at it. But uh, but I was worried that I had the cove the vid mm. the mm-hmm. 19 because i was eating breakfast this morning and i could not taste my uh oatmeal and so i was like oh no is this covid is this just like those is stuffed up and i can't taste anything but then later i had some pancakes and i could taste them so <laughs> thank goodness everything you know this is fine. This, is, this is how men this is how this is how men were meant <laughs> to deal with disease men, men's bodies are built different all right the man was meant to get sick and then be in bed for a day and a half and just sleep the whole time and then just right. get up and get even after, better. You know, even better. Man was, meant, man was meant to get out and be in the sun all day while he was sick. And then the sun heals you. But instead, what yes. we do is we're sick and then we're like, oh, I'm going to stay inside and look at blue light screens all day. And it, it just exacerbates. We're a big nation of exacerbating, I've noticed. We big, rarely problem. We rarely mitigate. We we often exacerbate. Indeed. Yeah. Especially huge, that's what those those problem. teen boys are big on exacerbating. Big on exacerbation. The They're just huge. <laughs> uh, come on, man. Yeah, We're no, that was funny. Speakers. Definitely. Thank yeah. you. Don't roll your eyes at me. 
doing my best. I'm sick. I know you're 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 doing great. Instead, instead now we have to go to freaking work when we're sick. Come on, we can't even sleep ah, for a day. Yeah, and then go outside and sun our necks. Yes, dude, that side of Twitter is crazy, isn't it? What sunning your balls? <laughs> yeah, that's not even the craziest thing that those people say. That's true. I've seen some stuff. They're like, you got to put butter on your steak, or you're gonna get cancer. You know, it's stuff like that. But that's that one seems pretty harmless, all things considered. No, that one's harmless. But look, you can't, who wouldn't want the butter harmless, on their steak? The harmless stuff is the craziest. Why? That's it's like the thing that has no effect either way. Yeah. That's the craziest. Like superstitions are crazy. Oh, if you you know if you uh stick your thumb on the roof of your mouth, you won't get hiccups. You know, like superstitions like that are crazy. It's things like you know drinking kool-aid to commune with the aliens that are passing by like that's just bananas you know it's a different it's yeah. a whole different level it's not crazy it's that stuff's like actually a problem the you know you don't want to you don't want to talk about the stuff that's actually a problem because then you're just being annoying you know yeah. um actually the bronze age guy he's actually a fascist like shut up nerd we know it's a problem but like just the sunning your balls thing is funnier to talk about obviously yeah yeah they they do they talk a lot about they have a pretty big obsession with the balls and then it's also they talk a lot about the Jews over there. Um, Crazy, right? I know. Which, given current events, maybe is not the best. Although there was one that I thought was was pretty funny, just objectively, right? Like if we're looking at this from a comedy frame of mind, okay, everybody, anti-Semitism is wrong, okay. <laughs> Let's just let's just start there. Yes, anti-Semitism is, is wrong, and it's worse than every other prejudice. Yes. Well, it just depends on who you ask. Who but, you ask, yeah. But this guy, he tweeted out, um, it's crazy that the Mormons have infiltrated the highest levels of the United States government and nobody is talking about it. And he like listed a bunch of United States intelligence officials. Yeah. And then the community notes comes in and corrects it and says, this guy's Jewish, this guy's Jewish, this guy's Jewish, this guy's Jewish. And it's just, it's comedy. It's just like perfect. He, that's he, really funny. he baited the community notes into doing the thing that he wanted them to do, which was point out all the Jews in the intelligence agencies. And they just, they fell for it. Hook, line, they and sinker. And did. I just, I love that because it's like, oh, you know, that's a chef's kiss. I don't know what you're in. That was just goals. obvious. They're like, look at all these Mormons. Yeah. Obed yeah. Horowitz, like, come on, you right. gotta know he's kidding at that point. Same guy, same guy did another one that was. Whoa, did Mormons you guys know have that names a... like Jedediah Smith? <laughs> right, he did another <laughs> one today that was like, whoa, a Mormon priest bought Pornhub this year. That's insane. Why don't more people know about this in the community? Notice Pornhub was recently bought by uh, this capital firm whose chairman is a uh, Jewish rabbi. So that's the. It's interesting. This little factoid that you might want to know. That's weird. It is weird. That, it like is, it that is a strange... Aura. Right. Like, that is a strange thing to me, where it's like, why would you... I mean, I don't think it's fair to speculate as to why the Canadian Capital Fund with a Jewish rabbi at its home purchased Pornhub. Um, but I think we can all say that it's bad and it should not exist. He yeah, should have should deleted not... it. Yeah, a man, a man of the cloth. Indeed. A man of God should not right. be purchasing should not be purchasing any type of pornography websites, let alone the biggest one. <laughs> <laughs> I think we can say that with some certainty. 
Um, yeah. Anyway, how are you? What's going on in your world, in your life? Things have been good. I no. had a meeting about the book today. That was oh, nice. The book. Is that yeah. getting published soon? 2025? 2025. It's coming along. We're, we hit a snag. Chapter six and seven. But we, 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 we managed to be like, all right, yeah, chapters one through five, solid. Six and nice. seven, super rough. Need some work. Like Ooh. the outline worked on the out. Like when we were reading the outline, it worked. But yeah. now that it's been written, it doesn't. She goes, it seems like Ooh. you're trying to fit everything in the last chapter that you didn't get to talk about and put everything you know in the last chapter. And I was like, really? Because that doesn't sound like me. Dang. This book writing process is good, hopefully, for you to learn some things about yourself. <laughs> she was like, but I have some authors who try to fit everything they know in like a paragraph. So at least you're taking up a chapter. And I was yeah. like, name names, sister, name names. What if I told you that you could make a very healthy living by moving to Steubenville, Ohio, 31 years ago, becoming a professor and just writing one very short book every six months about some aspect of the faith that you know about? Yeah. <laughs> You could do that. Isn't that it's I I had a crazy conversation at work about Scott Hahn because really? apparently the reason why Scott Hahn is so famous is because of one of the guys who founded DE. My work. Mm -hmm. My company. Is, I know I know what DE is, but I'm, Sorry. I'm disputing, Sometimes I'm disputing I say the claim. It. Sometimes yeah. I say it and yeah. people don't know what it is, but I work for a company yeah. that. So I work for a the, defensive end. The lighthouse, the lighthouse, lighthouse Catholic Media was founded Ooh. by the guys who founded my company. Besides, Mexico. oh, okay, that makes and, more sense. And yeah, and St. Joseph's Communications, which if I don't know if you know St. Joseph's Communications, have you ever heard of it? No. They are the company that licenses all the lighthouse CDs, and so the St. Joseph's Communications guy, he, he was the one who recorded. A Protestant pastor converts to Catholicism, which is mm. their first CD that was the Dr. Han CD. Nice. It was just him in a room, and Dr. Han was like giving a talk to like 20 people. Right. And this guy's recording him. He was like, Can I record you? And he's like, sure. And that tape got sent all over the all over the country. I have an idea. Yeah. We've talked before on this podcast about putting our show on vinyl, which would be uh very millennial core and chuggy. It'd be chuggy. chuggy. It's chuggy. It'd be chuggy if we put a podcast on vinyl. However, I think it would be rad and Gen Z core if we put it on a CD, a compact disc. I think a cassette tape would be cool. No, that's chuggy. CD is cool. Cassette and then vinyl are like too far back. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. What would be even better? Great. I, I'm glad you think that, but I'm just telling you that you're wrong. But no, cassettes are going to be cool because Guardians of the Galaxy, like these, these, the movie that came Zoomers. out in 2014, nine yes, years when ago. these Zoomers were kids and going to the movies, they were like, Whoa, the space guy has a cassette. <laughs> You're going to make me throw up with how bad this take is. Cassettes are so out, they're so out. What do CDs you mean? are not it, are not back yet. That's what I'm saying. That's why we have to be ahead of the curve. If we oh, don't, if we oh, I see. Picture this: we go to Seek Twenty Four, maybe yeah. if they respond to our emails. Um, yeah, we hand out mixtapes, hand out mix hand, CDs. Yes, we hand out CDs like those guys in New York. But instead of extorting people for their money, we give them laughter for free. Yeah, and the think? the mixtape is actually just a highlight reel of our best bits. Yes, That'd be interspersed funny. with jock jams. 
Sure. So it's like, so it's like, <laughs> it's like you making a joke and then it'll switch really fast. And it'll be like, y'all don't really know me. Like, boom, here comes the book. <laughs> and then I'll make a joke and then it'll yeah. go back. And then you'll uh -huh. make a joke and then we'll do, yeah. it'll be a whole, it'll be like a constant, a one hour long CD of a radio DJ's uh, wet dream. Sure. How do you, what do you think? That's my pitch that, to you. I think that I think we finally found the thing we're gonna sell. We're gonna make yes. so much money. Yes, compact discs. We're compact in. disc. Compact, compact disc. disc. Compact disc. Yes. So mm. I think now's a good time to transition oh. into the sadness. Yeah. The end of the podcast as we know it. I know. It's uh, guys, That's we're we're ending the podcast. We've done that too many times at this point. I know. <laughs> yeah hey, we're you not... did it one time to me for real i know i did chicago that's why i, I hate chicago a, now i was having a hard time um here's the thing we're not ending the show we're just taking a break so mom and dad we've... are gonna go live at separate houses for a while yeah and it's dad's normal. gonna go dad's gonna go hang out with his um you know uh other family uh, you know <laughs> elaine from work you've met her he's gonna go spend some time with her and dad is going to go spend some time. You remember Jeff from his work. He's going to go <laughs> spend some, with him. some time with Jeff. Um, if you've followed this podcast at any length of time, you know that we do three episodes a week, one on Sunday, one on Wednesday, one on Friday for the patrons, patreon.com slash the crunch. And we just recently started doing three a week. Um we're almost a year of bonus podcasts. So in the last year, basically from January 1 to now, we started doing YouTube. We started doing a bonus, bonus podcast every week. And we started doing the Dating Corner episodes on top of really ramping up the Instagram and doing the Discord and doing some... We've done a lot of traveling. We've been meeting with a lot more Catholic creators and trying to build up our, our network, uh, meeting up with lots of friends developing new relationships and so this year has just been a, a big year of doing things mm -hmm. for the crunch catholic podcast and so looking ahead at the upcoming holiday season patrick and i were thinking i think it'd be good for my mental health and then for pack's uh email inbox is if we if we just took a break from the from the podcast for like two months so when this episode from comes out on a Sunday, taking a break from putting out new episodes. Correct. We'll get more to that. For those we'll of you, for those of you who are new to the show, yes, um, we and have definitely not caught up. For those of you who are caught up all the way, sorry, guys, sorry. You're, you're just gonna get you're gonna get some repeats. Uh, we're gonna go back to our back catalog from the seven years we've been doing content um, wow. on these microphones. So it's basically the same quality. Yes. Uh, the, the past seven years of content and we're going to pull our best of and we're going to republish those on Sunday. So we're going to basically um, if you meet someone and you're like, hey, what's the best episode to start with? Uh, start with next week's episode because we're just going to publish the, our best. We're just going to do the hits. Yeah. We're going to play the hits. We're going to play the hits. And so you're, you're going to there's going to be stuff for you to listen to. Don't worry. Your con your your content, uh, your content diet will not be interrupted. Um, it's no. just going to be one a week again, and I don't think we're going to do it. We're not going to do a Wednesday episode, are we? Probably not, but who knows? Yeah. This is my first break, so we'll see. Yeah, we haven't taken a break in seven years. Yeah. That's kind of crazy. Yeah, so the point crazy. of the break is really to 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 spend some time with our family, but also to like 
we're still going to be doing the bonus podcast. So if you want new content, yeah, yeah we're gonna uh, we're gonna have it on Patreon. So it's ten dollars a month, right? Ten ten dollars a month on Patreon. Yep. Um, I think we talked about opening it up to people who who join at five dollars a month for the break. Mm. Mm. Yeah, let's do that. So if you join for five dollars a month, if you do yeah. five dollars a month during the break, you'll get the bonus podcast. So, so that's so you'll get eight episodes, two month breaks. So you'll get eight episodes for ten bucks, and the which, whole back catalog because and the whole and the whole. So you could go back through all of the old bonus podcasts if you wanted to. There's mm-hmm. like fifty ish of them. You could mm-hmm. download all of them. You could listen to all of them, and that'd be fine. And then you could leave. After you know two months, you can only pay us ten bucks if that's what you wanted to do. So we'll open it up to the five dollar a month tier for uh, the two months that we're taking a break. Um, but we're going to be doing that. One of the, one of the other things that we're going to be doing is Patrick mentioned that we've been recording on the same microphones for a long time. But we, as the year ends, uh, we'd like to make some investments into getting some nicer uh, equipment, specifically audio equipment. I think video, the YouTube is still growing slowly. We're not really investing in the YouTube as much as the Instagram right now. So we're not as worried about the video component, but we are very much worried about the audio because uh, yeah, we want you guys to hear industry standard audio and not just the microphones that we happened to get when we were 19. And so, uh, but they're expensive, right? And we, we don't have, we don't have a ton of extra cash just sitting around, you know, a lot of the income that was, we make from Patreon I was talking to our good buddy, goes straight to our JBD. families. I was talking to our good buddy, John Bosco Donahue, otherwise Insane. known as John. His name is just John. His name is just uh, John. It's JBD. just John. Nobody JBD. on planet earth calls him JBD except you. This guy. I like it. Okay. It's a fun thing. He likes it. So I asked if I could, but uh, truth What's starting up? on PLN. His middle name isn't even Bosco. No, it's not. It's and his I told confirmation name is John Bosco. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we, I was talking to him and he he was like, Matt Frad blew up when he like upped his quality, when he met Cameron Bertruzzi and Who? upped his quality. And so I think we should up our quality so that we blow up too. Yes. And, and then, then people are going to be like, up. where'd these guys come from out of nowhere? And act like we don't know nobody. Hang, 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 hang. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember that vine you know i do what i'm talking about i love it. i miss riffraff there's a certain there's a certain je ne sais quoi about <laughs> about being alive in 2015 when riffraff mm-hmm. was just on top of the world and he had just released dolce and gabbana and he was released pink panther and he was making these vines oh man i don't know what he's up to now but like Right, riffraff. Okay. Riffraff came at the perfect moment for me. It's like a graduating high school senior. Yeah. Gosh. <laughs> Looking back now, it's like I can't believe I listened to that, but I still, I still go back and I'm like, man, this hits. That's so good. Tiptoeing in my jaw, it's trying to stay. Yeah. You remember? You remember? Yeah, I do. I was there. <laughs> I was alive in 2015. Yeah, we all. Oh were. man. Sometimes. Uh, sometimes. Anyway, sometimes I'll talk to a kid. So, like, so this like, is when are you born? <laughs> 14. It's like that's not true. So this is essentially a cry for help. We need people to support <laughs> us on Patreon so that um, we can uh, upgrade the quality because we want to mm. take this break to not only upgrade like the physical quality of the microphones, which we can do through the patrons that are already supporting us and you if you decide to support us, but we're also going to talk about how we can make the experience of being in the Crunch community either through Patreon or through the Discord or on the Instagram. Like We want to make this 
this community that listens to the show uh, better. I don't know. That sounds very yeah. vague, but, but I think we've, we've created a really unique space and a lot of people have told us over the years and months that we're doing things that no one else is doing yes. and that they, they feel free and they feel safe in our community in a way that they maybe don't in other places. And so, you know, what's cool about our Patreon, which tell now me. that I'm learning more about business yes, and like, now that I'm learning more about business and like recurring customers, right. Mm-hmm. It's like, very few people leave our Patreon. Yeah. Once they join. Unless unless we do a walkthrough of the Hunchback of Notre Dame. Once. One time. <laughs> they very sometimes they'll drop their gift, right? Sometimes True. they'll drop what they can do. <coughs> but very rarely do we they drop it below where they would have access. They have access to the to the Discord, right? Like yeah. that's if they're active in the Discord, it's like that's just the kind of that just shows you what we've built, right? Is that people what we built it's really the patrons the community we have there people join they don't want to leave yeah right because they love it so much it's like once you're in you don't you might you don't get it until you're in and then yeah. once you're in you're like oh yeah i see right this is great yeah yeah so there's a few things that we're gonna we're gonna talk about doing and i don't want to like speak out of school but we've talked about bringing back the crunch lunch some type of live component we've talked about doing some type of book club situation we've talked about yeah um, just like different ways to engage with the people on Patreon, in the Discord, on the Instagram, and try to, because we're we're on the cusp, right? Like we just hit thirty thousand followers on Instagram, which is Clean. which is not it's nothing to sneeze at. You know what I mean? Like it's not the, amazing. It's, pretty, it's not. It's, it's not, not amazing. Nothing. But it's but to think that in May we had eight hundred, and now we have thirty thousand. It's like okay, obviously the type of things that we joke about, the types of things that we talk about, the types of, of opinions that we have are of value to people. And so Clearly. so we want to take some time. We want to pray about it all. We want to think about it all. We want to make sure that you guys get the best experience that you can possibly have because a lot of podcasts are uh, boring. A lot of podcasts feel like you're listening to school. Now yeah. you know, feel like you're listening and, to school when you listen to us. School is, is, should be, we should ban, S- if you School's Patreon, out for summer. Homework. Alice Cooper. School's out forever. Yeah, we're gonna, yeah. we're gonna. Um, we're and if gonna I'm, the, if I'm class president, Happy Meal commercial. I'll make sure there's ice cream every day at lunch. I'm gonna put slip and slides in the hallway. Whoa. I'll make sure recess is twice as long. Recess, recess, puffs. I'm going to take Liza Spinelli from the show Recess and I'm going to make her in real life with <laughs> bones and flesh. <laughs> bones and skin. Oh, uh, she scared me as a child. Liza Spinelli? Oh, yeah. yeah. Who is that? She was the, the short girl who wore the combat boots and had the, the hat. You know yeah. what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know her. You don't know her. No, I'm I know exactly who you're talking about. I'm going to pull her up. Images. Liza Spinelli. Spinelli. Oh, wait. Her name was Ashley Spinelli. Who is Liza? I think you're thinking of Liza Minnelli. Liza Minnelli? Who's Liza Minnelli? Judy Garland's mom or daughter. <laughs> <laughs> Liza Minnelli's in Arrested Development. She's, yeah. she's Lucille, too. Yeah. Is there a Liza in Recess? Who was, who was the... Who was the I'm sorry. I'm not. I, I can't. I can't pull it's that in, joke off. 
It's insane I that, that I confused Liza Minnelli. I can't pull that joke off. I was gonna do a joke where I was like, "Who's the hot girl in recess?" But I was talking about Gretchen. Dude, these are these are no, they're not even friends. These are grade school kids. I'm pretty sure. I know. These are, you can't do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness who's the I was gonna be like one? oh i had such a crush on that one girl in recent I, I had a huge crush on randall i love a, <laughs> I love a good i love a good twerp i love a good twerp it looks like i had a, a crush on man. i had a crush on what was her name what was her name what was her name hold on hold on hold on, hold on. gretchen no 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 <laughs> i had a crush on muriel finster man <laughs> dude i would do anything for muriel Dude, dude, my 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 history teacher in middle school looked like Muriel, and uh, but I, she was so I nice, do, dude. I do anything for Muriel. <laughs> <laughs> man, I just oh, pulled her up man. on the video. Dude, we need some more crones. You know what I'm saying? This is this is where all the crones we need to be went. We need to be crone maxing. This is where, dude. This is where all the crones went. The crones went to school. Yeah, they did. The crones work at school. That's where they go. This is what they can no the, longer harass children in the marketplace, so they go to school. <laughs> it's like implying that before <laughs> child labor was illegal, there were all these kids working in the factories, and then there was just a market for crones to bully them. But then once kids had to go to school, then the market evaporated, and then the crones had nowhere to go, so they all became like, no, the children in the marketplace are playing in the marketplace, yeah. they're not operating businesses, they're not running shops. Their parents are shopping or running shops and they're playing and the crones are like, stop running around. Go yell in a tree. <coughs> are these are these women employed by the shops or do they just sit outside? And they're kind of they're people with they're their old on. and their son runs their shop and they oh, live off the income. I and see. so they just sit and play mahjong. So they're Asian other, now. You think all Asian them. women are crones? I think I think that. Most of the crones <laughs> are Asian. You're going to go with that. I mean, if you think about how many people live on that continent, they have to have a high crone. I don't know if it's more per capita, but <laughs> the health uh -huh. of the city. Listen, sure. I've seen enough. I've seen enough Disney Pixar movies to know that yeah. the, the crone is in every culture. I'm just going to leave it. I... Yeah, there's there's few other archetypes that I trust more with my life than an old crone, you know, because Definitely. if if I'm like on death's door and I'm yeah. dying, oh yeah, and I'm and I'm in the streets and I'm eating slop, and mm -hmm. I and a crone finds me, especially some type of babushka, or or as East, you've Eastern as you've, Europe. Eastern, Eastern Europe, Europe crones. just Eastern generally, because the crones in America are like they'll just step over your body. Yeah, and like they're the ones that are withholding your food. Yeah, they're Ugh. complicit. Yeah, except for but the thing about Muriel, but they don't make them different. This is like this is post you know nine eleven pre nine eleven crones were like Muriel Finster, you know, yeah, where she was she was strict, but she had a, a real soft spot. For the game, she did. for TJ Detweiler, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, man. We need more. We need more crones, dude. It's true. They went to school. That's where they went. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of the Crunch. 
Sorry to interrupt what I'm sure is a stimulating intellectual conversation, but I wanted to pause the episode real quick to let you hear from some of our sponsors. We will be back right after this. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. So we're taking a break, and it has nothing to do with Patrick's anti-Asian racism. Apparently, geez. <laughs> don't, don't geez me. You're the you're the guy that 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 that, that went there. Look, we have know? cultural archetypes, right? Yeah. You know, we have cultural archetypes. You yeah. know, there's the. Uh-huh. It's just it's you yeah. know like Name in some Coco. Other ones. In Coco, we've got that the the aunt. Well, now you're the, talking the about the grandma. Mexican women. Yes. Just I feel like Asians. I can talk about this a little bit. I feel like I can oh. talk about. I feel like I can safely go to this, to this, to this call. You having a wife that's one quarter Mexican is the equivalent of me saying like, "Oh, it's okay. I got a black friend." <laughs> no, it's different. It's not. It's different. It's totally different. No, it's like it's being <laughs> the the friends that I've had. Like, there's the, these. Look, listen. They put the archetypes in movies. I can talk about them. All right. So, that's like the fine, grandma fine. in Turning Red and the grandma in Coco. Right. Like that's who we're talking about here. We Americans don't have the equivalent of that, right? Our crones just go no. to church. Our crones, you know, the, are the wasp the, crones, yeah. they go to they play bingo at at the at the at the mason at the lodge. It's, it's Lucille you know? Bluth. That's our yes. crone. You know, yeah, but she's just annoying. And she's not. She's not. A, she's not a caring crone. You know, no, she the crones care. in other cultures are family they, oriented. They, care. they have a hard exterior, but a soft, yes, gooey. Uh, non-white interior, as Patrick yes. would say. Uh-huh. <laughs> and therefore superior. <laughs> I am an ally. You are. And I have heard that from a lot of people. They say that about I forget. You. you don't. Listen, here's the thing about podcasts. You don't actually yeah. have to be politically correct on podcasts because no mm-hmm. one's. <laughs> no one's going to listen to 28 minutes of us talk about liberals recess. don't listen to podcasts because you listen to podcasts on your way to work. I'm just, I'm sorry. <laughs> Dude, you haven't had a funny joke in like a couple of weeks. Dude, that's that was, my mom's joke. That's, that's my dang. mom's joke. That's electric. I know. Dude, that's a really funny joke. Thanks. That caught me off guard. Normally I can see where you're going from a mile away. But I was like, that one. That one normally, I, normally I don't do anti-liberal jokes. Sure. Because they're over. they're overdone, right? Would you talk you, about the woke uh, mob. We need to you pivot know? our Instagram to being a a, a based weightlifting anti-liberal. Uh, I can't pull it off. No, I could. It's not me, you know. Yeah, I could. I need. To, I just need to start taking videos of myself at the gym, and I'll send them to you, and then you can just put them in your edits. You know, bump the desk. Uh, okay. Yeah, no, I'll definitely do that. Just send me the videos, and I'll do it. I don't. I don't need you to patronize me right now. I'm sick. I'm ill. I need you to patronize us. Patreon.com/slash/the ah, crunch. Look at that ad pivot right there. Anyway, That's good. Yeah, so we're taking a break. Thanks so we're for, taking a thanks break. For, thanks yeah. for hanging with us. We're making. We're making the lefties mad. I don't know if we have any lefties that listen to us. We got a lot of righties. I think, 
I think we do. But no, haven't you haven't you noticed that? It's like it's never it's never the um like audio clips of people. Mm. That's I think that's I think podcasts going to video was a left wing plot. You know, because now you can yeah. now you can catch people's videos. You know, you sure. You know, like the 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 I also Shane think Dawson that if... on the podcast serve like Shane Dawson talking about how he finds a young child attractive on a podcast in yes. 20 in 2011 like that surfs every now and then but people aren't going to listen to audio on twitter you know that's stupid it never yeah. it never pans out but people will watch a clip from the whatever podcast and be like these guys are fascists whatever that means yeah i just think that liberals and this might be an oversimplification painting with a broad brush here i might be really painting with a nuance uh, you're just you're taking me back to a time that I don't want to go back to. Um, but I think that if they start listening to a podcast and it doesn't reaffirm what they believe in the first five minutes, then they're just going to turn it off. You know, I think that's fair. It's like, but I think the people on the right are more adjusted to the fact that their their views are not in the uh, they're not regime approved. You know, so when I listen to sure. a podcast that's not explicitly right wing or Catholic. I don't expect to be uh, affirmed in my beliefs. I expect for the, yeah. the host to disagree with me. But people on the left, because their beliefs are regime enforced, they expect everything to be catered to them. That's why every late show sucks. You know? It's because it's all the same guys writing all the same jokes. But not here. Ghosts. Not here on the Crunch Podcast. And that's why we're taking a break. And you can go to patreon.com. If any of this inspires you... <laughs> Which I don't know why it would, but if, if any Patrick's vague right wing humor, that some for some reason and, I'm doing this week, and Ethan's um, <laughs> explicit right wing humor. <laughs> if any of that is interest to you, but in all honesty, we're trying to build a cool online Catholic community. We've already we're already making huge strides because of the people that have supported us. If you want to keep this thing going, I mean, we're going to keep going with or without you, but we want you on board is basically what, yeah. I, what I'm going to say. So patreon.com slash the crunch. $5 a month gets you the bonus podcast through the end of the end of the calendar year. Um, $10 a month gets you the bonus podcast in perpetuity. And it also gets uh, you access to special secret Discord channels that even the $5 patrons don't have. So yeah, if you were open, we'll open the bonus podcast to the $5, but the, the special Discord channel, that'll be still that'll for the be, 10 It'll be for anyone. So yeah. check it out. Uh, Patrick, you said you had a little topic that you wanted to do before we close out and move on to the, what do you call it? The Dr. Ethan's dating corner? Yes. <clears throat> Please. So I'm ready. Um, was at men's group on Monday and we were, we're reading through Bishop Barron's uh, book. You've heard of him. He has a hat. He's ripped. <laughs> he does have a hat. Yeah. Um, His Excellency Bobby B. Um, he wrote a book about uh, about the Eucharistic revival and the need for Eucharistic revival. And uh, so, me and my 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 boys were talking about it, and I was surprised to hear that not everyone is like on board with the Eucharistic revival, which is weird because you'd think, like, who wouldn't want the Eucharist to be more known? And like revered and worshipped. I have an idea. You know what I mean? Tell me your idea. I think I think it from the from the from the faithful Catholics perspective. Yeah, we're we're used to the synod on synodality, right? Yeah. Like we're just coming off the heels of that 
train wreck. And so we distrust institutional program, especially on a large scale like the Eucharistic Revival, even though yeah. the names are in it. Like Pope Francis didn't get Father Mike Schmitz on board with the Synod on Synodality. You know what I'm saying? Like you didn't hear you didn't hear uh, Jackie and Bobby Angel being like, hey, guys, make sure you go to your parish's listening session. You know, yeah. there was none yeah. of that. But well, they're doing that think- for the Eucharistic Revival. I also think because the Eucharistic Revival is an explicitly American project. And so it doesn't sure. make much sense for the Vatican to grab American celebrities, especially especially since the express written purpose of the Synod on Synodality is to quiet Western conservative Christianity, you know? Well, yes. <laughs> so they probably, probably those people were, were non-starters. To begin with, yeah, I used to, I used to, I used to be like, "Oh, you guys really think that Pope Francis cares that much about America?" He's uh, apparently he the Vatican super, super does. does. Like they See that hate tweet about the, the lace. Oh my gosh! Like the the Cardinals over there, they hate the North American College. It's why do they crazy. hate it so much, Patrick? I don't know. I don't know what we ever did. It's probably because they're Italian and they're they they're just mad that we beat them in two world wars. Yeah. I mean, but when I think about World War II, I don't really think about Italy really doing anything wrong. You know what I mean? Well. Like if they had a concentration camp in Italy, the food would probably be pretty good is what I'm saying. That's true. They you wouldn't know? be able to feed anyone slop. No, Just no. Morally, they, it's. Right. You have a hunk the, of bread. The, the Germans, I'll get you a more Germans, bread. The Germans didn't think they were feeding them slop. They were like, no. we boil like, this cabbage. Is, what do you mean? This is, this a, is, this what, is, it food. is. This this what is food. This is food. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Italians are feeding them <laughs> pasta. And, yeah. <laughs> German food is so bad, they didn't think they were actually abusing anyone yeah, in the camps. They just, just thought they big, were cooking. Just a big <laughs> it was always a big misunderstanding. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, I'm just kidding. The Holocaust was bad and it happened. Of course, of course, um, of course. So, uh, yeah, the the Eucharistic revival, you're right. It's an explicitly American thing and it does come from Western conservative camp. So it comes from Bishop Barron. It was his idea. Right. Um, from what I understand. And then Bishop Cousins kind of took it over and it's like the point person. Which is, and it was because there was a study of American Catholics that was the famous lines, like 70% of people don't believe in the real presence of the Eucharist. So that study, that study came out, which is crazy. I don't know. It's insane to me that though, like that particular statistic took off, you know, yeah, and not the, like for every one person that joins the Catholic church, six people leave statistic. Like there's plenty of other statistics that are crazy and like ought to warrant a national response. But for whatever reason, I don't know. It's probably the Holy Spirit, but like I think that, it might be because I think it might be because the Eucharist, really hit. the Eucharist being so core to who we are, mm-hmm. is is probably what did it. Because yeah, oh, people leaving. I mean, what is it right? Like the conservatives point at the libs, and the libs point at the conservatives. Like, well, it's everybody's pointing. Yeah, everybody's, everybody's pointing. Well, this is why. This is the yeah. reason why everyone's leaving, right? But it's like, yeah. oh. Well, the Eucharist, we can all get behind that, right? But not everyone's getting behind that. I think one of the best things that ever could have happened to the Eucharistic Revival was the National Catholic Reporter, the the more lib NCR. Uh, I call it the NCR. National Catholic Distorter. Nice. That's funny. Uh, but them being against that. it 
was probably the best thing that could have happened to totally. the revival because now 100%. Catholic Twitter is on board and they weren't right. before. But that doesn't mean that every 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 Orthodox Catholic is on board with the Eucharistic revival. But I the one big critique that I've heard is that it's preaching to the choir. Hmm. That a a um a Eucharistic revival isn't going to change people's minds. It's not going to make them it's it, the Eucharistic revival is only going to reach people who already believe in the Eucharist. Now I don't think that's true because the Manhattan procession was incredible. It was awesome. Like that went all over social media. Like you can't, you can't get, you can't get publicity like the most famous priest in America walking with Jesus past Radio City Music Hall, right? Like that's just, that's just so cool, right? That's just, that's just incredible to like put the Catholic Church in an American landmark, like just, just a, a symbol of like the city of man, right? Just putting Jesus right there and being like, this is ours. You know, that's just so cool. Anyway. Yeah, I I, like I saw that. it. I wasn't super inspired by it for whatever reason. I really? thought it was not. I, I thought it was nice. Um, You know, I, I was like, good. Do the do the procession. I'm not there. So I'm I was like, like, I was like more of this, you know? But yeah, I think we should absolutely do more of it. I think it's insane that it's not just a regular occurrence to block off your main street of whatever downtown metropolitan area that you live in. And every year on Corpus Christi, pretty much every city should have a Eucharistic procession. Every you know, year. Every year. Like this, multiple times a year if possible, but at least on the Feast of Corpus Christi. We had it in Tulsa, and it was cool, and I went. Um, but it's like, man, why? it should just be like a every year, every city, everywhere this happens, you know? And yeah, it just and doesn't, right, which like is insane every... to me because it's such an easy thing to do. Relatively speaking, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's it's hard to take someone from an atheist to a believer because you have to be in relationship with them and you have to walk with them and overcome all of their obstacles. It's pretty easy to like call the police. Hey, I need you to block off these streets. Call the bishop. Hey, I'm, we'll do this at this time. Okay, great. And then just tell everybody and then people come. You know, it's like not a we difficult did, we did thing a Eucharistic to do. Procession. We did a Eucharistic procession in, um, in Newcastle down the main street. It was beautiful. We did a Eucharistic procession. It's it's hard in suburban cities because just do one like around oh, the parking lot, you know. Yeah. Oh, I like, hate the parking lot. That's not a procession. You know what I mean? No. Un unless just, you're unless you're cutting off BMWs in traffic, you're not processing. Yeah, it's you know? it's it's like it's the most it's the most like internal thing it could possibly be. But like we need the bit we need the Archbishop of Los Angeles walking down Sunset Boulevard with everyone. Like that needs yeah. to be happening everywhere. Yeah. And. That, It'd be cool that, to take Jesus onto the walk of fame and say, you think all of these people are a star. What if I what if I showed you the star of Bethlehem? The morning star. The morning star. God. It it God. It's just, it's just I it's it was inspiring to me because I was like, this is what this is what it needs it needs to happen because people see it and it's a yeah. it's a it's a public profession of our faith, but it's not going to happen because apparently. There are bishops all over the country, or at least of two, that don't like Eucharistic processions. They're like, nope, no Eucharistic adoration, no Eucharistic processions. That no. And I've told you about this. Yeah. I I learned yesterday, two days ago, I learned on Monday that there is a bishop in a state that shall remain nameless, not my bishop, but it's just, there's they're they're around here. It's the and, bishop of the Diocese of St. Petersburg. 
Bishop, the Bishop of the Diocese of St. Petersburg. Whose name I don't know, but I'm going to look it up right now. Uh, Parks. I think. Does not allow Eucharistic adoration. Bishop I think. Parks. Does not yes. allow Eucharistic adoration. But perpetual. Perpetual. Perpetual Eucharistic adoration. Does not allow perpetual adoration in the parish because he says that's the um, the document that I found on the website, on his website says that um, it's because perpetual exposition is a devotional practice of a religious community or pious association, not a parish. I don't mm. see why that's a problem. Because yeah. a parish is a pious association. Not technically. But anyway, I'm going to form a pious association at my parish. We're going to have perpetual adoration. But the um, the main the main reason behind it is, and this is the reason, the overarching main gotcha reason that I've heard, right, is the Eucharist in perpetual adoration can't be divorced from the mass. What? That's, that's the reason it's like, we can't, we can't take Jesus out of the mass. We need to have, instead of focusing on adoration and instead of focusing on the Eucharist, we should focus on, on a, on, on a more, a, a deeper understanding and celebration of the liturgy. Yeah. And, and I just find it funny. And you're pausing. Guys. You're pausing dramatically because the people who are saying this have the most bland Novus Ordos on in the history yes. of, the, of the world. I see. Yes, that. I'm. I'm pausing because <clears throat> a bishop of the bishop of Chicago said that <laughs> we should be having better liturgies. <laughs> I'm just. I'm pausing because I thought that I thought they didn't think that. I for my entire adult life, I was under yeah. the impression that bishops didn't realize how bad I. I thought bishops just simply did not care about yeah. about good liturgy, but now I've found they're actually bringing their A game. Anyway, I think there's, so. This there's, is my this is this is sorry, okay. Go ahead, go ahead. No, 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 no. You did you want to round it out? Because yes. I have a this is my thought. Okay. This is my point. All right. If there are bishops, <laughs> if there are bishops who were previously archbishops, right, who are saying things like perpetual adoration is not something that should be normative in the parish. If there are bishops, archbishops, cardinals who are saying things like we don't need, we don't need private devotion to the Eucharist. We need to have more emphasis on the communal celebration in the mass, but they also don't really care about the mass very much. Obviously it's because the guys in the room when they were planning the Eucharistic revival clearly don't care that much about the Eucharist and like devotion to the Eucharist. I think that is proof that we need the Eucharistic revival now more than ever. Yes. Because it's a top down thing. If it's a fog in the pul if it's if it's a mist in the pulpit, it's a fog in the pew, right? Like I think now we need the folks who are in the church and are dedicated and at least believe in the Eucharist, we need to come together and be like what does this mean? What does it mean to live life like we believe that God is present here in a, in a, in, a, in an un, in an incredible and unique way? How do we how do we live this way? We got to be clear on it here because we're supposed to we're supposed to we're supposed to convince other people that this is true. And it's clear that internally we don't actually take it that seriously. And so that's why the 70 percent of Catholics don't believe in the Eucharist, because they go, well, no one really believes that. And they're right. They're right. People in the church don't really believe it. And if they did, they wouldn't do stuff like, well, that's just a devotion for pious associations. It's God, man. What Whoa. are you talking about? He's the God man, man. <laughs> well, that's just an activity for pious associations. What's the church? Get. It's a pious association. I, I like your comment about how 
<laughs> realizing that they've been on their A game this whole time. Uh, <laughs> because there have been a lot of things that have happened in the life of the church over the last week that are um, not surprising to people like myself who yeah. expect very little of our ordained fathers, priests, bishops, cardinals, popes. It's not because I don't love them. It's not because I don't care about them. It's not because I don't think that they're you know, doing good Pope things. Or... Right. Yeah. It's I do, <laughs> yeah. I do think Pope Francis is actually the Pope, all these things. But it's like, I don't expect anything from these guys at really at all, because that way I'm not surprised when they let me down because that just happens so, so, so often. And so it's just, it truly it's, are it's, spiritual fathers. Truly. It's just shocking to me to see people who are like, there's priests on my timeline melting down over the fact that like, I can't believe that they that they took a sexual predator and they just moved him to another diocese. Like, what do you? Where have you been for the last eighty years? That's <laughs> just been, been here. Man? That's been the been standard around. operating procedure. You're telling me you're surprised that a a Jesuit under a Jesuit pope has not faced any serious repercussions for his actions? No, they're in a boys' club. They're both Jesuits. They've known each other for decades. Like, why are you surprised? Like, it's just, it's crazy to me that these people are surprised. And it's also crazy to me that there's this expectation that, like, um, that bishops and pastors will, like, do something, you know? Because I, I think we just have to, we we have to give up on that, that dream. Yeah. Like, there there are not, barring some great movement of the Holy Spirit, which God willing happens. But there are a possibility. Yeah, there are. It is a possibility. And I hope I really do hope it happens. But there are zero bishops in this country at this moment that are willing to do what is necessary to actually affect the Eucharistic revival in their diocese. Zero. Why? Because it would make some donors upset. There would be logistical issues. We'd have to go through the legal team. We'd have to we've bureauc bureaucratized the church to the point so that Nothing actually gets done. In a hierarchy, things get done because power lies at the level by which it's effective. But in a bureaucracy, it's all just spread out. And so you were doing the Eucharistic revival. But really what we've done is we've just amplified the bureaucracy. We're just kind of pushing things around within the bureaucracy and claiming that we're reviving the Eucharist. When in reality, it needs to be like a top-down, I'm the bishop and this is happening. And I don't care what the lawyers say. I don't care what the donors say. We are we are doing a Eucharistic procession. We are having perpetual adoration at every single parish. We are whatever. I recognize that there's logistical challenges to those things. I'm not saying that they should just ignore the reality, but I am saying that I think there's a lot more fear at play than uh, a lot of us would like to admit. And I'm not surprised by that. I know that these men are cowards. You know, like I, that's why they became bishops. Exactly right. It doesn't. It doesn't. It's, it doesn't. It doesn't scandalize me that these men. Yeah sit in their diocesan offices and don't do anything because that's what people in big cushy offices do. They don't do anything, you know? Yeah. Of and course. so it's like, granted, we have to temper all of this. Like there are bishops that are doing good things, right? For example, Bishop Cousins heading up the Eucharistic revival, taking on a lot of action. You know what I mean? Oh He's yeah. Probably doing, there's probably a lot of bishops out there that are doing as much as they can. But, but part of me just thinks like, man, why don't we just dismantle the whole diocesan apparatus? You know, like, why don't we do that? Because that seems to be the thing that's in the way over and over and over again. 
And so, I don't know. All this to Dang, say, why, why can't we do anything? Like, right. All this yeah. to say, like, you don't need to. You don't need to wait to like have devotion to the Eucharist. You don't need to, you know, we don't need anything to change because waiting for something to change at the pastoral level or at the the bishopric level or at the cardinal level or at the papal level, it's just not going to happen. It's just, it just won't. And because, because we're stuck like every other American and Western institution, like everyone's just kind of stuck because we're Mm -hmm. all, we all have a ton of money, but the prices of things all keep going up. And so we're all just kind of stuck, you know, the utopia is not going to come. And so, but we've all been fed this lie that it will eventually. So we're like, oh, will it come? Yeah. Is it gonna? Are we going to hear my real Earth? opinion on this? You got to become a bonus podcast I listener, and I had a, I had a whole thing, but it was <clears throat> no one's coming to save us, right. right? It's it's down it's down to you and me, and yeah. like if your priest is awesome, great, enjoy it while it lasts. Like build right. something that can last because he's the he's either he's gonna, gonna piss someone moved. off. He's either going to yeah. piss someone off and get moved to the podunk corner ass crack of your diocese, or he's going to be exceptional and he's going to get moved to something like the director of vocations where he's just, he's incredibly limited in what he can do because he's under the eye of the yeah. bishop the whole time. Or so like, he's going to get moved to like, uh, he's going to go study in Rome. You know, right. that happens too. Right. They always or send he's, the best guy to like DC or Rome. Or he's going to get a dog and then that's the first step to getting a mistress. And we all know how that ends. Even. So. What? <laughs> am I wrong? Yes. Um, I am. I am for, wrong. I know. I know a few reason. very good holy priests that have dogs. There's nothing wrong with having a dog. I'm just being. <laughs> I'm just being sarcastic. But no, that like enjoy it while it lasts. Not in a not in like a cringe way, but like like oh, better cat your. It's serious. Legitimately enjoy it while it lasts. Build something the next guy can't f up, and then just you know then just just bear knuckle down and and bear right. through and hope that. You're right. You know, it's that you can't you you can't you can't wait for the next round of vocations, pray for vocations, I guess, but you like can't wait for it because because the Dawson machine beats the beats the crap out of good guys and they don't get through. Right. Yeah. It's like there's nothing we can pray for vocations, but there's there's some there's human evil stopping reality vocation. There's not going to be more priests in 10 years. There's not going to be more priests in 20 years. There's not going to be more priests in 30 years. There are not going to be more priests at any point in time. So if you're just waiting for that to happen, what are you waiting for? You know, you're going to be waiting a long time. Just, just love your family and, you know, make friends at your parish and hang out and, Go plan retreats where you get together and you pray and do it yourself. We yes. have to do it ourselves. The the true Eucharistic revival happens in here, man. Not out there, man. In here. Right. Can we do the next podcast? Can we wrap this one up? Yeah, man. I'm done. All right. I apologize to anybody who holds the title of bishop that I've offended. I'm sure there's a lot of you out there that are doing as much as you can, but, Listen, but why are you so? But why are you so scared? Bishop Strickland is the only one that's bishop, not scared. If a bishop listens to yeah. our podcast, I doubt they do. That's crazy. I doubt they do. From what I understand, bishops don't read their email, so they don't get much of the criticism. So that's there's true. the two things a bishop never hears. They're the, the two things the bishop never gets: a bad meal and the truth. Indeed. Um, 
I would like to say if there is a bishop listening, I know you do have some diocesan funds that you can siphon. I've seen it happen before. I know that you guys are capable of it. There's a little website called patreon.com slash the crunch. And if you if just want to send an envelope of cash, yeah, if you want to redirect some funds, just you know, discretionary patreon.com slash the crunch forward slash discretionary funds. Indeed. That's the spot to go. So thank you for your uh, stewardship. <laughs> uh, Patrick, do you have anything else for the people? <coughs> Who knows? Maybe. Maybe it'll be okay. Maybe. We'll all die eventually. And then it will be. So thank fun. you all for listening. Please pray for us. We will be praying for you. And we will see you all next time. $5,000. That's the average amount of money people in the U.S. are now spending on gas in a year. Five grand. That's crazy. If you drive, you have to download Upside, the free app that gives you cash back every time you get gas. That's right. You can earn real cash back with Upside just by buying the gas you're already buying. You can literally start earning cash back today. I use Upside every time I fill up, and I've already made around two, $300. You're putting gas in your car anyway. Why not get real cash back? If you like free money, download Upside. I'm saving the cash I earn from using Upside to help pay for a vacation later this year. Download the free Upside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code GAME to get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code GAME for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code GAME for a 25 cents per gallon bonus. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.